You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. So this is a lab? Yeah, this is uh, the uh, Robotaxi uh, uh, FlexLine, where they come in. First, it's just the body. (laughs) That's what I call it, the body of the vehicle. And then lots of pieces that uh, have to be assembled, put together, uh, tested. Now, I'm told you're not building a quote-unquote car. No, I'm not. Does this look like a car to you? Don't say the word car. Don't say the word car. So what is it? It's a vehicle. Uh Yeah, a transportation vehicle. We'll sell you a ride in this vehicle. Can we get in? Of course you can. All right. Come on in. There it is. Okay. So it's comfortable. That's what we want. Uh, we don't want you to think about driving. This is why it's not a car. Hi, everyone. I'm Emily Chang, and welcome to the latest edition of Bloomberg Studio 1.0. Today, we're taking you to the Zooks factory floor in Fremont, California, where they believe they're building the future of transportation. You're listening to CEO Aisha Evans, one of the top-ranking black women in Silicon Valley, who grew up in Senegal. After 12 years working her way up to the top ranks at Intel, she took a leap into the startup world to join Zooks with a goal to transform ride-hailing as we know it. Just a year later, she sold the company to Amazon for $1.2 billion. How does Zooks fit into the future of ride-hailing and Amazon? Could a Zooks deliver your Amazon packages one day? Here's Evan's view of the road ahead on this episode of Bloomberg Studio 1.0. Aisha, so great to be here with you. Thank you for coming and thank you for having me. You came to Zooks as CEO in 2019 over from Intel and just a year later, you sold it to Amazon. How did that happen so quickly? It was a journey. Um, It takes a lot of capital to um, take this endeavor all the way. It's It's a worthy one. And um, when we looked at the ecosystem, when we looked at everything that was going around, we had to decide whether to stay private or whether to get uh, a long-term oriented partner, like some of our fellow travelers. And then the pandemic hit that brought a lot of clarity, shall we say. And so the opportunity presented itself and we, we went for it. Why is Amazon the right fit? First of all, they're a great company. 
they have created both orthogonal and adjacent multi-billion dollar businesses. They are long-term oriented and uh, very purpose-driven. So that matched our ambitions. They've never owned a car company, though. Yeah, but we're not a car company. Exactly. We're a ride-hailing company. Talk to me a little bit about how you got to Silicon Valley. Your story is not the story of a typical tech CEO like Jeff Bezos or Andy Jassy. Tell us about your upbringing. I was uh, born in Senegal, West Africa. Uh, and my parents, I thank them to this day, uh, sort of made school um, an implicit expectation. It was an up for discussion. Very early on, I showed an aptitude and interest uh, in uh, math, physics, not so much in biology and in building things. Uh, and so uh, they cultivated that. And then I bounced back between uh, Paris and, uh, and Senegal, learned a lot about uh, what technology does to people's lives uh, and what it makes possible. I literally had a contrast every few months. And so uh, computers were coming online, not the internet, but the, what the internet was going to make possible was also coming online. The US was to, the place to be, uh, to study that. And so I came to the U.S. and uh, went to school. And then very boringly, I met an American uh, boy who is my husband. And really, that's how I ended up staying. So you go to computer. True love isn't boring at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then uh, basically um, uh, got jobs in the industry and eventually ended up uh, at Intel uh, in, uh, in Portland. Through that, started interfacing with Silicon Valley and then Zooks came along. So I don't really think of myself. I, I just happened, the journey led me here. I heard a story about you hacking a phone in order to talk to your friends long distance. <laughs> did that really happen? Oh yeah, it did. Um, well, when you're in France, you want to, I, I always had a double life a little bit in terms of uh, family, friends in different ecosystems. I still do to this day. And so uh, back then it was landlines. Uh, it was expensive. It was. And my dad is in, was in telecommunications, so he was not confused. So we had a rotary phone, I'm dating myself, and he locked it. Uh, but obviously, I figured out how to still make the phone calls. Who were your role models back then? Ooh. I mean, it's so hard for young people, especially young girls, to see themselves in the tech industry. Um, Mary Curie uh, was and still is uh, a role model. Um, in France, you study philosophy. And a lot of the philosophers are also mathematicians. Uh, so they were role model and they also forced you to think. So those were my main role models, at least at the time. So after you, you know, meet this American boy, you decide to stay. You worked your way up to chief strategy officer at Intel. And it was a difficult time for Intel. Intel was kind of losing its way. What was it like working there at that time? First of all, um, I grew up there. Uh, I entered as a sort of second, third line manager and uh, moved up the ranks. Uh, I'll always be grateful for everything that I've learned there. Um, yes, it was a difficult time in the sense that um, anytime you're successful, you earn the opportunity to talk about what's the next phase of the journey. And I was in the middle of that. Uh, but it was also fun. I learned a lot. Um, I made great friends that I'm rooting for today. And I'm proud of them and the journey they're on. So what do you think about Pat Gelsinger's very ambitious, very grand, very expensive plan to turn Intel into a foundry to bring chip manufacturing back to the United States at a heavy cost. Is it going to pay off? 
I don't know. I hope so. Uh, I can't really, I mean, I, I don't work there anymore, so I don't know the details of it. What I can tell you is that uh, semiconductors are in everything in our lives, from small to big, from consumer to enterprise. And uh, it's almost like, um, I don't know, electricity in some ways. And so I'm rooting for them. What was it like going from an established brand name, storied tech company like Intel to a startup like Zooks? I assume there are major differences in culture and execution there. It was quite uh, an awakening. Uh, so at Intel, I was a little bit known as a, a, not a rebel, but um, somebody who questioned things and who maybe did the normal, oh my gosh, you know, it was too slow or this or that or the other. An agitator of sorts. An agitator, yes. A change agent, I think, <laughs> is the elegant way of putting it. And so uh, when I arrived at Zoots, uh, yes, it was fast. Uh, it was we were making decisions quickly, but from an infrastructure standpoint, we I was like, whoa, maybe there's a reason for infrastructure. And so, uh, but I embraced the journey and said, okay, we have to build one. Uh, when you're doing uh, what we're doing, uh, it's not just about the technology. You have to think about the steps to getting to market. You also have to think about building the company so that it's ready when you scale. If you wait until you need to scale to actually build the infrastructure, bad things happen. Mm. I also want to ask you a question about the founding story. You know, mm -hmm. one of the founders no longer works here. One of the founders still works here and is, is the CTO. And I'm curious how important it is in your view to have a founder uh, remaining at, at a company and what your approach is to that as a CEO who came in from the outside. Yes, um, uh, Jesse Levinson, uh, he's our CTO and uh, co-founder. I think it's important to have a founder. I'm not confused. I wasn't here at the beginning. And especially this company, Zooks, has been extremely consistent since inception. Uh, when we first said uh, we were doing a ground-up vehicle, people said uh, they're kind of not so. Now, people are coming around to that point of view because it does make some, some problems easier on the AI side, plus the customer experience. Um, we work together. Uh, I probably talk to Jesse outside of my kids and husband. I talk to Jesse more than I talk to anybody. Uh, he's probably graduated to be uh, one of the person who knows me the most and the best. We partner. Uh, that doesn't mean we agree on everything, but we talk about it. We discuss. We went through something pretty difficult between the pandemic and deciding um, what to do uh, from a capital standpoint. And so I think that it's important to have a founder. But even more importantly, there has to be a really strong partnership and relationship. And if you can find that, then it's the best of both worlds because it's fully complementary. How much has the vision changed from, you know, the initial founders to today? And, you know, how do you how does that founder DNA then survive? The vision hasn't changed a bit. And both Jesse and I give actually uh, um, credit uh, to Tim, who was the other co-founder because this was his vision. Uh, he's a designer, he came up with this concept, and so we, we give credit, and we've been consistent. We haven't literally deviated left or right. We've argued about timelines, we've argued maybe about the ID, the industrial design, or things like that, but the vision, absolutely consistent. I'm gonna tell you something. Every, we have these uh, company all hands. Every often, so often, we actually play the 2014 pitch. It's identical. Wow. Identical. That's amazing. Yes. It's all about execution and getting there. What's it like being a leading black female executive in such a white male industry? It depends. 
I don't wake up in the morning thinking I'm that. I wake up in the morning thinking I'm Aisha, I've got stuff to do, meetings, decisions to make, kids to take care of, making sure dinner's ready. Uh, obviously, in the moment, sometimes I think about it because you look around, but I, I, I try and turn it A, into an opportunity because, uh, and that's just how I, I have one-on-ones with myself and how you think about it and how you show up is important. So I try and tell myself that means that I'm bringing a perspective that nobody else has. And that's additive. And then I try and also figure out a way to have a, what I call an inclusive environment where I see people's point of view and they see mine. Uh, and I try not to get angry when uh, it manifests itself in annoying ways. What are the obstacles that you've overcome to get here? Um, I think that often people assume uh, both from a gender and uh, sort of uh, ethnicity standpoint that uh, it's not normal to be here and therefore maybe you got a discount uh, when it's often the opposite. <laughs> you, you have to try much harder than, uh, than others. Uh, I've had to work on uh, sort of how I receive information where, or how I, re I, I deal with behaviors that are not acceptable and sort of learn when you take the high road. Uh, I've had to uh, find my voice and not be afraid of it and use it. So a lot of things like that. As you say, you grew up at Intel. You grew up in this industry. Are you pleased with the change you've seen or has it not changed fast enough? I can't be pleased. I mean, I, I'm pleased that there is change, but absolutely not. We have to do a lot more as an industry. Why isn't it changing faster? Why don't we see more people like you in positions of power? Well, I think that's a complicated uh, answer. I think it starts very early on. Uh, I think it starts, uh, I've been public about Lego Robotics. That was eye-opening for me. Uh, I have a son who participates in Lego Robotics and we had some observations and kids are what, seven, eight, and you already see differences. Uh, I think also uh, from a social standpoint, around middle school, uh, when there's a transition uh, for girls, maybe uh, having a support system to stay in math, demystifying it, teaching it differently. And then as people come up the ranks, making sure, especially for women, making sure that we have a support system around them so they can traverse through some of the, uh, some of the phases, like for example, marriage and childbirth and so on. You're building a ride hailing service, not a car. Why is it important to have a woman in the room? People of different races in the room. Because we are about selling a ride to a customer. And the customers, they look like many different people. Uh, I'll give you a story. We were uh, discussing pick up and drop off. And um, I'm the only woman in the room. Uh, yes, I'm always in jeans and what have you, but occasionally I dress up and uh, have high heels on. We're wearing high heels today. Uh, yep, I made a comment when you arrived, right? <laughs> and so I was like, uh, okay, we have to think about it from that standpoint because if we're giving ride to customers uh, in San Francisco, for example, on a Friday evening, on a Saturday evening, maybe some folks have heels on and maybe we need to think about the pickup radius mm -hmm. because expecting them to go up heels uh, in uh, you know, high heels, probably not a good idea. That's why it matters, you know, from a product perspective, yep. right? Let's talk about the competition. What is Zoox's edge over GM's Cruise, Google's Waymo? And if you could level with us, what's their edge over Zooks? Um, first of all, I look at them a little bit like fellow travelers. Yes, we're competitors because we're in the same space and we're going after some of the same things, but uh, this is a big industry. 
Uh, we are not a car company, we are a transportation company. And uh, humans, since inception, whenever that was, are all about transportation and always going somewhere to either have access to information, access to more, to a better livelihood or so on. So it's a huge market. We do not expect one company, it's not gonna be a winner take all. So we're fellow travelers in some ways. Second, it's a safety critical uh, product. And therefore I think it's important to uh, lay that groundwork. Now, having said that, uh, I would say one of the big differences is that uh, we are going straight to what we think is the ideal product to provide rides to customers. Uh, we are not here to enhance your driving experience. We don't even want you to think about driving. So the customer experience is built in such a way that you're here to be transported. You have an app, which you already know how to do today. You have an app where you say, I wanna go from point A to point B, especially in dense urban environments. Think downtown San Francisco. And uh, we show up and we pick you up sliding doors, you step in, a little bit London cab uh, inspired, uh, communal seating, you can ride alone or with friends or basically with other people. You buckle up, you push start, do whatever you want to do, relax, meditate, be on your device. What about Tesla, which is right down the street? Are Tesla and Elon Musk competition, fellow travelers? I think we're uh, in the same general industry. Um, first of all, we have a lot of respect for, for Tesla and what they've made possible, uh, both intrinsically, meaning the, the company, but also for the industry. This is Silicon Valley. We, uh, you know, pay tribute to disruptors. Having said that, we're not exactly in the same business. We don't sell a car to people. We sell a ride to people. Our customers are not drivers, they are riders. And therefore we use the same types of technologies, but they are in the car selling business. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. 
That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. So how does Zooks fit into the future of Amazon? Well, that story is yet to be written. Uh, first of all, we, uh, we hope to deliver on the promise of a, a new segment and uh, sort of a, a big business uh, and be one of those in the tradition of, uh, of Amazon. And then what happens then, who knows? We know there's a world of possibilities, but I tell everybody we first have to earn it, right? Before we talk about um, sort of synergies and possibilities and opportunities together, zero times anything is still zero and it will be for a long time. So we're focusing on building our business, getting to market, and then there are, there's a myriad of possibilities of things we could do together. Is Zooks gonna be dropping off my boxes? Is that what I should expect? Potentially. Uh, if that's the right thing to do and if it makes sense to do so. But first, we're going to make sure to take you everywhere you need to go without having to worry about parking, having a car, and so on. What's it like having Amazon as your boss? It's been good. I get that question a lot, by the way. It's been really good. It's been uh, about a year and, I don't know, nine, ten months. So, well, you know, Amazon is its often known more as an overlord, especially when it comes to investments, you know, that they're very involved. Is that the case? Um, we're an independent uh, subsidiary uh, of, uh, of Amazon. So yes, they are involved, but uh, I, I don't know. No, they are not an overlord or anything like that. We agree on what's going to happen, why it's going to happen. And then we basically, we, we run pretty uh, independently. They're very available though. If we have a question or if they have a question, there's communication going on. But we, no, we don't feel like uh, swamped or anything like that. How often did you talk to Jeff Bezos or do you talk to Andy Jassy or maybe it's Dave Limp? Um, I don't talk to them that often. I mean, uh, we have a monthly business review or a quarterly business review or, uh, or just, uh, but no, this, that's, I know a lot of people ask me that question too. No, it's not like I'm besties with them and we're on the phone and rapping and chatting. No. So, well, you must know what their expectations are of you. What, what, it, what are their expectations of you? What is Amazon expecting of Zooks? Execute, get to market, scale. And do you have the funding to do that? GM, Google, very well-funded competitors or fellow travelers, as you say. Are you getting what you need? Yes, more than what I need. Um, I'm, I, funding is not something I even uh, worry about. Mm. So what's it like to operate in that environment where money's not an issue? Well, I mean, you have to be careful, right? Because you also don't want to be a drunken sailor and uh, be like, oh, now I have... You still have to be... Uh, uh, very disciplined. Uh, you have to manage the phases of the business. We don't sit here and talk about Amazon a lot or talk about even fellow travelers a lot. We're like, okay, how do we execute? How do we make our milestones? How do we get to market? Were things organized properly? How do we hire? How do we retain? And so on and so forth. How do we stay mission driven? The public seems to have lost interest in waiting around for self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. I rode in Google's self-driving car in 2011. Wow. And I'm still waiting to be able to buy or just ride a self-driving car on demand. Why is it taking so long? I think in self-driving, first of all, the opportunity is so clear. Um, the, so the reach is so broad. We forgot that uh, 
fix things do start small, one. Second, it's a hard problem to solve. Uh, we talk a lot about safety, uh, and we talk, to, talk a lot about human error when it comes to driving, but we also forget that collectively, at least in the United States of America, humans collectively drive 100 million miles before having a fatality. That's a lot of miles. So humans are also pretty good. And the thing humans are good at, which is, hand, I call it exception handling. We all know how to drive. If we were all fully autonomous, we'd be deployed already, but we're driving amongst humans, and you have to deal with so many little scenarios. There are so many things that you've been learning about driving since birth, and codifying that using AI sensors and, and computers is turning out to be a lot harder. Last but not least, it's a safety-critical system. None of us should deploy until and unless we have closed-loop evidence that we're safe. So what does the AI need to learn how to do at this point? What are the challenges left to solve? It needs to know how to deal with unexpected things as they, as they happen. And is that possible? That it, can, can AI learn that? Of course it's possible. I mean, I'm, one of, I'm an optimist when it comes to technology. Uh, I started in wireless, so you have to think from switchboards all the way to today, quite a journey. Um, I'm fascinated by uh, uh, flying uh, airplanes. Uh, the Wright brothers, if they were trying to solve what is being solved in aviation today, they wouldn't have tried. We, we just let, let it marinate, let it take its time. Uh, the algorithms will get better. Uh, compute gets better all the time. Sensors get better all the time. It will happen. What about security challenges? We've reported on how Teslas have been hacked. What can happen when AI gets behind the wheel? So you have to design security uh, in your, into your product from the beginning. And uh, for us, we uh, look at all the scenarios of what could happen from a security standpoint. We have a roadmap around that. We develop around that. Now, these, uh, these robots or these robot taxis are also recording all the time. So they sort of know what's happening inside of them and around them. So that gives us a little bit of an, of an edge. And then you look at access. But this is something you just have to pay attention to. Uh, understand what's going on in that world and make sure that you design against it. How many rides have you taken? A lot. <laughs> our employees, actually it's not fair, right? I take a lot of rides, uh, both in our, our L3 testing fleet, uh, as well as uh, in the uh, ground up robo taxi. What I was really, oh, it was around Christmas time, you know, the pandemic, it's been hard. And we were finally able to offer uh, some of our employees ride. Uh, over 200 people have taken rides, and now it's going to be part of just, uh, you know, the operation to offer rides on a continuous basis, and that's really cool. You have to so and many... from work? Oh, no, not yet. Uh, no, no, no. So on the L3 uh, fleet uh, around San Francisco uh, within our geofence, and um, uh, for the ground-up robo-taxi around here, uh, as well as um, uh, we have a private campus we operate on uh, so in. So when you take a ride, what's your report like generally afterwards? Well, okay, so two different things. On the test fleet, because, and this is a big difference between uh, us and our fellow travelers. I mean, our L3 fleet, uh, the Toyota Highlanders that are outfitted with the same sensor architecture, placement, and compute, they are purely engineering test vehicles. So when I, it's called drive review. <laughs> when I take a ride, it is, with understanding what progress we're making, what issues we're still having. I'm fascinated by the scenarios we can't handle, how fast was teleops able to step in, and so on and so forth. So then I have a long report, and the app, and this and that. When it, I'm in the robot taxi, it's more like, I'm excited. I'm usually giggly. 
and then after five minutes, I'm bored and I'm on my device, which is what you want. Yeah. And, you know, are you after you take a ride, do you send a note back to your team and say, all right, need to work on a few things or, you know, good oh, job with this, good job with that? Always. Uh, but usually after drive review, there's a team that gets a summary and dispatches. Um, and then uh, when it comes to uh, the robot taxi, often we talk about it at weekly all hands. How is Zooks navigating supply chain challenges? Has the chip crisis impacted you? Yes, it has. It's impacted everybody. Um, look, first of all, some things are just more expensive than they should be. Uh, second, but you accept that. It's the same for everybody. Uh, you have to get a lot more um, crisp around your needs because lead times are longer. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's really when it pays off to have had a good relationship with your suppliers and treated them as partners so you can talk about your problem statements and uh, arrive to solutions. But it hasn't like slowed us down. It's just been an extra vector to manage. Do you see an end in sight for the chip crisis? There will be an end. We will get back to reason and frequency, but it's going to take a while. It's also coming at, a, at an incredible demand time. So we'll figure it out. Now, some of your competitors have been very loud, making a lot of noise about testing on public roads, commercial opportunities. Zooks has been generally a little bit more quiet. Why is that? We tend to be on the quiet side. Um, we, everybody knows what we're up to. I hope. Uh, if not, I'm happy to talk about well, that. thank you. You're talking to us about it now. There <laughs> you go. Uh, we feel that putting points on the boards is really where it's at. Uh, one of the advantages of not having to fundraise means that uh, demos are not that important to us. We don't feel that kind of pressure. We have a roadmap to execute to, and let's just get to public roads. And we think we're uh, with, with a ground up, uh, built for riders, robo-taxi. And that's what we're focusing on. In between, when we have important things to say, we'll say that. But we don't feel enga like engaging in, you know, PR scuffles. Uber and Lyft seem like they would be obvious partners. Could have be. you talked to them? We, in this industry, there are no secrets. And we're all friends. We all talk to each other at some level or another. So yes, we all have talked to each other. Look, I don't know. Uh, it depends. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I do know that we've done a lot of hard work uh, to get to the promised land. One thing that uh, is important is the customer channel um, and having access to that. However, you never say never, but our goal right now is to go all the way. Who do you imagine would be your first customers? Well, first of all, Las Vegas, we've been public that that's uh, our, our first launch. A lot of uh, people on the roads there too, though. Yes, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's a good driving environment. It's, I call it, um, sort of affectionately, uh, a one street dense urban environment. How's that? Uh, with a lot of demand. Uh, and then we really think that in uh, starting, at least at the beginning, uh, big cities that have a very dense uh, ur um, urban sort of landscape where people are going to work, people are going to museums, people are going to restaurants. They don't want to worry about parking. Uh, we think that will be the first customer. So commercialization is on the horizon in Las Vegas and also San Francisco. That would be next. Um, how do you stay motivated on that road to commercialization, given that there are still, as you say, these hard problems to solve? Because every day, literally, either something happens in terms of progress. And it's really important to not just look at the ultimate success, but I call it like kind of along the way, the little celebration. I mean, even when I do drive review, yes, I have a long list or, you know, oh, what about this, what about that? But the vehicle will do something new or something awesome. And you're like, oh my gosh, 
it does something wonderful. And I'm like, you go. Awesome. So there are so many things that happen on a daily basis, weekly basis, that you see advancement. I, I talk, it's like climbing, right? It's like you get to a certain element or a certain place, you appreciate the journey, you turn around, you look down, you see what you've done, then you're like, all right, let's go for the next peak. So as you put points on the board, mm -hmm. what does Aisha Evans see as the future of Zooks? Do you see a global mobility giant or do you see something more modest? I see, I want, and I hope to lay the foundation for a global mobility giant. We talked about human being need transportation everywhere. It opens up access to economic mobility. It opens up access to knowledge. It opens up access to inclusion, uh, not to mention safety, the environment. And frankly, humans, we're just too valuable to spend also 400 billion hours worldwide driving. Mm -hmm. And as more people come up the ladder, that means we need more housing, we need so many different things, and we think that this is at the center of that puzzle. So that is the goal. All right. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. So we're going to do, this is a little rapid fire yes. section now. Um, so just quick answers. Um, what does Zook stand for? The word zooks is uh, basically a marine um, uh, sort of species that is solar powered and uh, self-moving in the ocean. Interesting. Best piece of advice for your 20s? 
take a chill pill, it'll be okay. <laughs> what about your 40s? Enjoy the journey, you've made it. <laughs> um, I hear you owned a restaurant at some point, is that true? I confuse the love of cooking and running a restaurant. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, Chebujan, which is a Senegalese dish. Biggest guilty pleasure? <laughs> Trashy books. <laughs> Ooh, what books? I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of fellow travelers, what's your favorite travel destination? Hawaii. Me too, which island? Kauai. Mm. I'm from Hawaii. Kauai all the way, North Shore. Last TV show you binged? Uh, I'm in the middle of it, uh, Bridgerton. Ooh, same, <laughs> so good. What's your view on work-life integration? I don't use the word balance. I Neither do I. Work-life choices, setting expectations on all sides. Mm -hmm. um, how do your kids fit into your life? They are everything. They are the beginning and the end. Our driverless future is always right around the corner or 10 years away. Give us a realistic timeline. When can we ride in Azooks? Uh, if you're in Las Vegas, much sooner than you think. Uh, but then it will be uh, an evolution year by year. Uh, I think a better way to answer the question is uh, a lot of people ask me, when can I tell my kids they can't have a, they shouldn't get a driver's license? And I think it's going to be probably my kids' kids. Mm, really? That's a little farther off than I would have thought. Well, Some at people... scale mm. and ubiquitous. Remember, we're very conservative, steady, Eddie. Or realistic. That's what I think. Thank so you're you for saying, saying it. It's a few decades. At scale, when anybody can be in one. Obviously, if you're in Las Vegas, if you're in San Francisco, or frankly, fellow traveler, if you're in uh, Arizona right now, uh, that's a different story. But that's the beginning, small things to become big things. So when I answer that question, I think about big things, meaning the majority of people can. Speaking of another big thing, arguments for and against going public? Against, uh, definitely focus. Um, the quarterly pressure is something I understand and know. And uh, this is a long-term journey, so focus is important. Four, it seems to be everybody's dream in this valley. <laughs> is it yours? Is no. That the plan? My dream is to uh, uh, to get this uh, this robot taxi out there and to see it deliver the promise that I know it will. So paint the bigger picture picture of the future of transportation, whether it's Zooks or self-driving cars or self-flying taxis or hyperloops. Do you see this Jetsons-like vision in the future, or is it something different? Oh, I think it's coming, and it's necessary, because I'm an optimist again. I want more people participating uh, in the economy, uh, at the sweet spots of the economy. And when you look at that, and you look at the numbers, uh, it, we just need to make transportation a service, as opposed to anything else. What does success look like for Zooks this year? We have a a big milestone that we need to accomplish uh, on our way, arms, like within arm's reach of, uh, of putting it on the public roads. And there's a lot of work uh, to happen. And so making that happen and doing it in a way that the team is not, uh, the team is not exhausted. That's success for me. Is Zooks going to be on public roads this year? I don't know. We'll have to see. What about 10 years? What does success look like for Zooks in 10 years? Several cities. And um, there I say, hey, I'm going to zooks my way over there. What about for you? What is success for Aisha Evans? First, my kids are productive adults, whatever that means for them, are kind and good humans, are responsible people. That's step one. And choose wisely with wh whom they 
pair up with. <laughs> and then second, uh, built a foundation here that uh, when it comes to scale, it'll be uh, rapid fire and automatic. So what do you imagine the Zooks presentation will be in 2034? Will it be the same? It will be, well, there will be a reminiscing part about people <laughs> moving that will be the same. But I, I'm realistic. I mean, we'll, we'll probably do other things too. And so there will be maybe a second or third line of business. Ooh, what could those be? I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will have to catch up in 12 years. That sounds like a plan. Aisha Evans, CEO of Zooks, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you. My pleasure. I appreciate you coming over. Hopefully we can, we can Zooks to our next interview. And that's it for this edition of Bloomberg Studio 1.0. Thanks for joining us. This episode is produced by Lauren Ellis, edited by Brian Cardigainer, and executive produced and hosted by yours truly, Emily Chang. We'll see you next time. The Bloomberg Sustainable Business Summit returns to London on April 25th for a solution-driven look at the sustainable business and finance landscape looking at the latest trends in ESG regulations, supply chain innovation, and transition finance. Speakers include leaders from CDP, Emirates Environment Group, TNFD, Ctrace, COA, and more. Summit advisors include City and Schneider Electric. Visit BloombergLive.com slash SBS 2024 to learn more.